This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The province just announced it's seeking a moratorium on companies taking water out of the ground here in Ontario. If passed, companies would not be able to start new bottled water production or expand existing operations. This after Nestle applied for a new contract to take water out of a well it has recently purchased in Middlebrook, Ontario. It can still take millions of litres a day from existing wells in Erin and Aberfoyle at the incredible sum of $3.71 per million litres. And that, people, is less than it costs us for a single bottle of water in some places like an airport. And uh, Nestle and other companies would still be able to renew the permits they have. So is this government move enough? And uh, honestly, I'm wondering, it's open to consultation, but, uh, you know, what's the question here? Uh, On the line, I have one of the people who has been pushing for changes in Ontario's water policies, Mike Nagy, the chair of Wellington Water Watchers. Welcome, Mike. Good afternoon. Thanks for hosting me, Libby. Thank you. Uh, What do you make of this news? We think it's very encouraging. And actually, I think there is some clarification that I can offer with regards to this. Um, uh, We're actually very encouraged by this, and we think the government's actually gone quite uh, many steps. So I'd love to talk about uh, about that and some of the maybe some clarifications that might be useful. Sure. Go ahead. So, so the two-year moratorium, yes, it's it, it's more or less in place now, and uh, the comment period on the electronic bill of rights registry is being is posted now, and we can talk about that a little bit further. But it does um, put a halt to any new permits for the reasons of packaging. Uh, we call it water packaging, not water bottling. That's our term, and um, it also doesn't allow for any pump tests to be issued until uh, over two years from now. And so this kind of uh, constrains any expansion in that area. But it, it also is dealing with the renewals of the permits, too. They, these permits cannot be renewed or, oh. and are not going to be renewed under the old rules. The way this is written and the way the intent is and what I've been told is that it's actually those permits will now be subject to much stringent more gui- uh, guidelines and a whole new approach to looking at this sector and what's happening in the new year. So, But they will uh, still per- be able to permits, renew them. Hmm? Go but ahead, they will Frank. they they will still be able to renew their permits, uh, well, although it might be a little tougher. Well, you... we again we we oppose these permits. So first of all, that's our stance. But um, the, as far as renewal, well, that will be up for the ministry to decide whether those permits actually uh, meet the new scratch test for with the new requirements. So there's no guarantee of renewal, and under the Ontario Water uh, Regulation Act, um, permits aren't supposed to be expected for renewal. Permits are always a privilege and a, and a license to use water, and it always should be uh, looked at from whoever has a permit that 
they, it, it, that a permit can be revoked at any time if there's environmental harm or evidence to that degree. So, and the, the price that's charged, again, I would like to get the conversation getting away from the price for a bit because certainly the levies and the price is for the management fee of those, of those permits. It's not selling the water because the province doesn't have a right to sell the water. It's your water, it's my water, belongs to the people of Ontario. Well, those, they have those, a right to manage and sell other assets that belong to the people of Ontario, presumably. Yes, but water is actually a different thing under law because it's called the public commons. If you have gravel on your property, for example, you have a right to sell it and uh, because it's under the Aggregate Act. Water is called the commons because it's moving and shifting all the time. It's mo- it goes from one property to the other. You can't put a fence around water unless it's a pond, and that's a different situation. Um, but when it comes to groundwater, it's going all over the place, and it's looked at as the public commons and essential for life. So, in fact, water isn't up for sale from that perspective. There's a permitting fee for anyone that draws 50,000 litres or more per day, you have to get a permit. Um, however, the, the licensing fees are wholly inadequate and have not been reflecting the costs of managing the water. And the, the province has only been recovering maybe 2 or 3%, believe it or not, of the cost of managing this water. And uh, it's put the government in deficit over it on, uh, from, a, from that ministerial point of view. So we definitely want to see a, a major revamp of the pricing structure but we, but that's the conversation. Is doesn't matter how much you charge for water. If I, if I throw down hundred dollars, hundred dollar bills on top of the aquifer, it's not going to produce any more water. The, it's a finite resource, and we have to treat it that way. Uh, abs- absolutely. I mean, uh, I didn't realize that that the government was in deficit over that. But it certainly doesn't surprise me, given uh, the kind of financial management we have seen from this government. Uh, but you know, getting back to the pricing, do you have a thought on what an appropriate price would be? I, I yeah, I can't comment on that at the moment. And actually, the the financial mismanagement of these levy fees is a legacy. It goes back a long time through several governments, so mm-hmm. and different parties. Just so you know that I'm not oh, I'm sure. The, I'm not <laughs> defending this one in particular, but the fees should reflect. First of all, the all all permits are not the same. There's barely two permits that would even look the same based on the aquifer, how much water they're taking. So really, the permitting system, really, as we've mentioned and we've asked for, is that we need a tiered water policy so that each permit and their fees and the harm, the fee reflects the potential harm and real harm that's being done and the stress on the ecosystem. So when you're reviewing, removing up to 4.7 million liters a day, which currently one company has the right to do, that inevitably leads to environmental issues, which we're seeing in Aberfoyl. So they have a permit there for 3.6 million liters just at that location alone. And as you mentioned, up in Erin Hillsburg, they have a permit for 1.1 million, and they send that by tanker truck down to the packaging facility, and they put it into plastic and sell it around the world. So so these permits, we believe, have to stop and be phased out. They, they don't do not. They violate the statement of environmental values of the province itself. And, that, and the province has actually reiterated that. And I think it's a strong message. They put it in the posting recently, yesterday. And it says these permits are now going to have to demonstrate how they benefit future generations. And I think it's very easy to say that when you're removing that much water from the watershed, the province is getting very, almost nothing for it. And you are actually putting um, future generations at risk. It's not certainly benefiting them, especially 
with the billions and billions of plastic bottles that are being placed around the world. Uh, Mike, I just want to give the numbers out again because I'm sure there are people who really want to get into this very important conversation. The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And I am on the line. Uh, I am on the line with Mike Nagy from the Wellington Water Watchers. And we're talking about this moratorium on new permits to take millions of liters of water out of the ground in Ontario. The government is putting a moratorium on this. Uh, It it means that there will be no new permits, but uh, these companies uh, will still be able to take water out of the ground that they are allowed to take at this moment. It's millions of litres. The management fee, as Mike was telling us, it's a management fee, not a sale fee, is three $3.71 per million liters. Uh, Mike, uh, do you think that you can put a stop to this altogether? Is that what you're looking for? Well, let's let's go through a tiered report. It's a great question, and thanks for that. Is um, if we look at Centre Wellington, the Allura area, which is called the Middlebrook Well that Nestle just purchased, and the township itself, which wanted to secure that water for future growth, and the population, current population, lost out on that bid just recently. We 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 absolutely oppose any permits whatsoever coming to uh, a private corporation when that water is needed for the people. So we believe that will be denied. We are determined that that permit, the permits, will not be issued for that. So the answer on that front is yes. When it comes to Aberfoyl. We have a production facility that employs about 150 full-time jobs, and uh, there is some, there's obviously that economic value, but the, with the environmental harm and that, that pump is eventually going to come to an end, we'd like to see uh, those workers taken care of and, and that permit phased out because um, it's going to come to an end eventually, and it's already showing environmental harm, and that's why they're seeking more water, and the reward is not to give them more water. So... But when it comes to these 100% consumptive permits, again, once I say they, they take every drop that they take is removed and sold around the world market. It's not like a, another, it's not like another permit that's being used for uh, other, other types of goods. It's, this is just exporting our water to the province. We oppose them. So we are working hard to see them not renewed. So whether that happens, well, well the public will help us decide that. <laughs> uh- do you know uh, how much of the water taken from Ontario is sent elsewhere? We don't. We know that much of it leaves the country. We've had truck drivers. We've had lots of people. We know that it's leaving. Once those trucks leave a plant, it goes out to a grain market. It can be sold anywhere. People are buying pallets of water. It's being moved all around. There's international contracts, and they're going through third parties. So it's very hard to trace these things and find them. Um, it's, there's a lot of water leaving this country. We see, we see Aberfoyle water all around the world. We've, ironically, James Gordon, this is quite a funny story, who, uh, one of the founders of Wellington Water Watchers was a musical guest in Japan because he's a musician. And, uh, as he was getting up the stage, the organizers handed him a bottle of Aberfoyle water. And it was, the irony was, was not lost. <laughs> um, here's a man that helped form an organization to stop this sort of export of water. And it was handed in Japan, uh, a bottle right from his hometown area. So, 
so we and we see this all around. I've seen it all around the world too. So it, 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 it's a once it goes into that piece of garbage, which we like to say it, it's, it's put into a piece of garbage and sent around the world. There's no controlling where it's sold. There's no laws to stop it from being sold. It can be sold anywhere in the world. Wow. Uh, let's go to the phones. Let's take a call from Siva here in Toronto. Hello, Siva. Hi, Libby. I just wanted to say, I, I'm not sure what kind of water we have in Canada, but I know that Coca-Cola went to India, and they took so much water from the wells that all the, a lot of the farmers had no water in their wells. They just destroyed a lot of the people's their lives. I don't know what is happening now, but that is what happened in India. So... Well, Lots of water was removed because of coke, and the poor farmers, when they go to their wells, which was full with water, had no water. This is a great point. Coke and its water subsidiaries have been very large water predators as well. And that area that um, is being spoken of, the water table went down over 250 feet. Um, eventually that one plant ran out of water and this is what happens when you pump and pump and pump. This is an amazing spot that's been brought up because water should be used for the essence of life, such as agriculture. And when we're, when we're removing it and putting it into plastic and shipping around the world, there's, there's, there's eventually a consequence. And this is a great one that's been brought up. Uh, so, uh, Siva, should we take it from this that, that you would like to see a stop? Yes, definitely, because, you know, although Canada is a huge country, eventually we have so many big companies here that eventually something will happen, you know? So I think Canadians don't complain about the right things enough. They complain about little petty things. But the things that are really important, and I wasn't born in Canada, but I love this country. I think they should just fight for what is right. Okay, Siva, thank you very much for bringing that up. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Mike, uh, there's a move. I've seen water uh, packaged, as you put it, uh, now in, you know, those uh, paper or cardboard boxes. Is that better? No, not at all. Um, first of all, you're packaging water, you're getting people used to a consumer disposable product. Uh, wax paper is hard to recycle, um, so it's better than plastic. That's about the only thing I could say. You're still using a tremendous amount of re- resources, and the irony is the water intensity just to make the package alone would blow your mind. So I don't support packaged water at all. It's a false economy. It's a luxury that the world cannot afford. The way we need to go is to make potable water available for everyone in the world at, a, at an affordable price. And this just gives a false impression that somehow you're doing something better. The carbon footprint of that water is extremely high. Um, it's, we're trucking it all around. We're driving it in our cars. We're delivering it. We're trying to dispose of the package. I, I, I do not see any benefit to that, and I wish that product would disappear with the rest of them. Okay, but okay, let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have grown used to bottled water. Uh, if you're on the go, uh, I'm, I'm not sure a goal of getting rid of that completely is, is, is realistic. Do you have a goal that's perhaps uh, a little less than that, that might be more achievable? We, we, we survived up until the last 20 years without this uh, obsession with convenience and waste. It is so easy. I see people lined up in drive throughs buying coffee in a paper cup every single time, several times a day. 
the solutions are in our hands. It's called reuse. It's low tech. It's low cost. You have a reusable coffee mug or a reusable bottle with you. It solves the problem. On the go, you can be equally, and I would say even more convenient on the go with tap water in a reusable container. There's nothing convenient at all about going to a store, loading up your trunk with plastic, hauling it into the house, putting it in your fridge, hauling it back out to your car or wherever you go, and then trying to dispose of the package when all you have to do is put a, a container under a tap. And there's the Blue Water Program, the Blue W Program. There's the Water App by the Water Brothers in downtown Toronto. You can go in all these different restaurants, stores, which has a label on the window, and it says, I can come in and fill up my water for free. And most restaurants will do that for you anyhow. You go in, most places say, can I fill up my water bottle? I've, I've never been refused. People always say yes. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad. Um, I, you know, there, there's a two sides to this argument, but one, I don't believe that Albuquerque water will ever run out because I think it's water from Lake Huron that uh, filters through the sand and the gravel, and when Lake Huron dries down, uh, it'll dry up. But, I mean, the water levels in the lakes are higher now than they've been for the number of years. So the other problem is this. There is the bottled water. I, I buy it, but I don't use it all the time as such. I buy 24 bottles, and they're less than 10 cents a bottle because they have 24 bottles for $1.99 at Food Basics, and I'll buy them. But I refill them and refill them and refill them until they're all wrinkled, and then I'll throw them in the recycling. Okay? But the point is this. The reason I have them and I refill them is I'm used to Toronto water. And if I go out of town, I want to take bottled water so I don't have a change in water. Because if you go, that's where people get sick. They get a change in water. You may go up north and they take it out of a lake. And my my granddaughter gets beaver fever if she drinks any of the other stuff. So it is handy for Torontonians or Ontarians to take their water with them wherever they go. And it's cheap. Like, it's less than 10 cents a bottle when you buy it at Food Basic or any other stores. They'll sell 24 bottles from anywhere from $1.99 to four forty nine. Well, I think I've talked to you about this before. Yeah, you uh, did. I haven't, I haven't seen water at that price. Uh, you, Mike, you, do you have anything you, you would like to respond to that? Yeah, well, well, there's lo- lots of points I'd like to say. First of all, there's no connectivity like Huron and the water in Aberfoyle. This is, a, this is deep fossil water. And it's already starting to deplete. It's the aquifer has already gone down over 1.5 meters with the pumping there. There's a reverse flow that's happening in the Mill Creek, which is a cold water creek. So there is environmental damage because of the monitoring that we insisted and the ministry put in place years ago. But when it comes to this, uh, when it comes to tap water, it's, Ontario has the most highly regulated safe water in the world. You're not going to get Giardia beaver fever from tap water. And as far as drinking out of uh, those plastic PET bottles, I highly suggest no one reuses them. I wouldn't drink out of them, but they're a lot cleaner I, I, when you first use them. I agree. I've, I've, sorry, I've, I've heard of people getting sick from reusing uh, those particular bottles. If you're going to be reusing a bottle, then you should get something better. That's right. Well, there's actually the chemicals start um, leaching in after you start using the plastic starts degrading, um, and it gets into the water. So I highly suggest this gentleman doesn't reuse those bottles, and and I would highly suggest that just use some tap water and uh, and bring some tap water with you if you. I, and I'm a big supporter of Toronto tap water. It's won uh, top awards in North America for quality and taste. Uh, you can always bring uh, a little jug of water for you with you if you love Toronto tap water, which I do too. 
Um, and uh, that, that solves the problem. But you, everyone should feel totally at safe drinking drinking Ontario's tap water. It's so highly regulated. Um, and it's, it's there, you know, they're doing tests up to several hundred times a day on, on our drinking water with something to be proud of. Okay. Uh, that's about all the time we have for this segment. What would you like to leave us with? What would you like to tell people as we head into these consultations? Well, first of all, I want people to celebrate the beauty, beauty of having this absolute luxury of tap water uh, that comes flows from our, our taps. And it's something that as a community we've built as a common good, and it's something that we need to keep supporting because if we don't, eventually it's the old saying, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And um, so we need to do that. And then I want people to participate on the Environmental Bill of Rights Registry. And, but don't make a comment right away. Think about it. Look for the wellingtowaterwatchers.ca and the website for guidance on talking points. Educate yourself on this and make some really good comments to the ministry about what you think of this proposed legislation, because we really want to hold their feet to the fire and make sure this becomes really meaningful, effective law next year. Okay. Mike Nagy, thank you so much. Thank you. I So much fun. I really appreciate it. I love being on the show. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.